Theorizing that podcast audiences wanted to listen to two grown men talk about time travel, Nate Bowden and Brian Martin started a show dedicated to Quantum Leap. Together, they explore NBC's revival of the franchise, starring Raymond Lee and Caitlin Bassett, and its connections to the original series. They also examine spin-offs, such as novels and comics, as well as some mirror images in the form of television shows and movies that share creative DNA with the adventures of Sam Beckett and Ben Song. And so Nate and Brian find themselves leaping from topic to topic, striving to make sense of it all, and hoping each time that their next episode will be the one that goes viral. Oh boy, it's a Quantum Leap podcast. My name is Nate, and striving to put right what's wrong with this podcast is Brian Martin. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I am auditioning new intros for you. Appropriate this week because uh, about 10 minutes ago, I realized that my notes, my copious notes, <laughs> have been eaten by the interwebs. So I'm much like Ben in last week's episode, flying blind on this. I don't have my electronic helper with I, me. I have all the faith in your acumen, sir. <laughs> but I spent the whole episode looking at my phone, <laughs> typing the notes. <laughs> Somehow I feel like there's a visceral effect of this episode that exudes. I think you get a general feeling for this episode. Or I certainly did. <laughs> I still have yet right. to see any of Loki. Oh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched we're, an, we're still a not... single minute okay. of Loki. I, I Last weekend, I was able to watch the final episode of Ahsoka. Ah. So that was a success at the very least. But now I'm two weeks no. behind on Loki. and Right. Well, we need to catch up because we're going to have to talk about that at some point, right? It's time travel. It's like right in our Evidently. wheelhouse or something, I hear. Yeah, I guess we need to talk about it <laughs> at some point. Like after the hiatus or something, maybe that'd be like our first uh, post-Christmas, you know, oh, no Quantum Leap, let's talk about Loki. Hey, the actor negotiations fell apart this week, so... Uh, oh, did they? Yeah. Uh, I haven't been I watching. Know. I don't know when we're going to get the back end of this season. I read some news recently about Daredevil, which is about the yes. one show that I'm actually interested in seeing... Mm -hmm. uh, come from Marvel these days that all fell apart and they fired all of the directors that they had lined up I think they filmed about half the season and yeah. have taken the whole thing in another creative direction they're going the solo route with Daredevil it yeah. sounds like here's what I think though do you think maybe that we just know too much about what's going on behind the scenes these days you think like this stuff happens all the time I think it probably used to happen all the time. It's just like, unless you were reading like the trade magazines, you never heard about it. Right. Yeah. It's not just us. It's like the audience is there for it. We're obviously feeding on this like it's chum. Right. right. But the agencies that are putting this in front of our eyes are incentivized to do it because they know it'll get clicks. Right. So sensationalized. Uh oh, everything is falling apart on your favorite drama series. Those True. articles get clicks. And True. so I just feel like we're just way too informed about this. Yeah, I mean, that's totally true. Um, you know what I'm not worried about? What's that? Hearing anything like this coming from Quantum Leap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a ringing endorsement or not. I can't tell, but boy. I'm with you on the Daredevil thing, though. I don't like the sound of it. 
but I justified ignoring it a little bit because I'm not sure I was meant to hear about this. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I hadn't really thought about it except that it feels like all this time that it stalled, people were thinking in the background of what would have been better. They yeah, In maybe. the middle of something and they just stopped and they're like, well, we can't work on this. And then your brain just kind of starts working and you think, you know what? What if we had done it this way? I don't know. Obviously, it's all theory and conjecture, but... Uh... There was also an article recently about Marvel Studios. Their approach had evidently been no pilots, just have everybody write a six to eight episode series and just produce it and we'll throw it on the air. And it's like the fans have been complaining, by and large, that there doesn't seem to be much of a plan. Right. For phase four and beyond, because maybe there hasn't been what we've gotten uh-huh. since Endgame has been television shows. Yeah. 45% of the MCU content we've gotten has been in the form of TV series. Well, still seeing good marks for Loki. And I'm here for Tom Hiddleston. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll check that one out. But I was really interested in Daredevil. Been waiting for something to happen with that. And, uh, Oh, eh. oh, of course. Eh. Yeah. That's my character, Daredevil. But uh, he doesn't leap through time, however. No, he leaps in the grimy alleys of Hell's Kitchen, beating the shit out of low-rate thugs. Yeah, but not time and space. No, before we get into this week's episode of Quantum Leap too much, I feel like we need to pay our respects to our dearly departed Deborah Pratt, opening which survived exactly one week (laughs) of this show before it was replaced again with an addison voiceover the same addison voiceover almost not quite because addison's new voiceover does mention the changing history for the better it was very deflating (laughs) as soon as that came on i kind of knew where we were headed Yes. Almost before the story even opened, I was like, "Uh uh-oh. It felt like putting on a very comfortable sock, and only after you've gotten that sock on, you realize, oh, I forgot to wash this sock. (laughs) I thought you were going to say there's a hole at the end and your toe sticks through. (laughs) I mean, that that could also be true. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not really sure I get the analogy one way or the other, but... uh... No, either either way, it's just... uh, this this episode <laughs> feels more like what we've grown to expect from this show. For better and worse, I would say. <laughs> I, yeah. The thing about this episode is that it has a synopsis. Why don't we start there? <laughs> okay, yeah, let's yes. just get into um, this. It is May 9th, 1986. Ben has leaped into... Lorena Chavez, a bank teller in Tucson, Arizona. We find out very quickly that Lorena has a new grandchild. Very excited about that. Her coworker Rebecca is asking about it. And then all of a sudden their morning is disrupted completely by a bank robbery. And three men come in to rob the bank, one of whom is Rebecca's estranged brother, Sean. Mm. And... Ben has to figure out how to avert disaster during this robbery, which initially uh, in the original history caused the death of eight people. So he's got to find a way around all of that. His goal is to get everybody out alive, including the bank robbers. 
proves to be more challenging for him in some unique ways, largely imaging chamber based. (laughs) (laughs) So as far as the leap goes, feels like an episode of the original series because I'm pretty sure it basically was an episode of the original series. Kind of. It was a savings and loan place, I think. The bank was foreclosing on their farm or something, right? Right, but Sam was one of the robbers. Yes, yeah. Not the bank teller, so... But in this episode, Ben does become the voice of the bank robbers in terms of negotiation. He's the one on the Mm -hmm. phone with the police. Yep. And I thought that put him in a very interesting spot in this Puts him right in the middle of everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Not too many complaints about the leap side of things it's fine no it was perfectly serviceable it's fine there were there were some engaging moments Uh, there was a human element between rebecca and sean it was a little bit melodramatic for my taste but yeah a little heavy-handed as this show has been known to do in the past be a little heavy-handed a little more tell don't show Yes. You know, by virtue of what we've talked about ad nauseum, which is... Except for maybe two moments. There were two moments in this episode that I felt were show, don't tell, and I thought they were very, very strong moments. Okay. We'll get there, but... So there's three bank robbers. Sean is one of them, and then there's sort of the leader of the group who we find took Sean in off the streets. Mm Mm-hmm. So Sean feels a certain kinship for him that he doesn't feel for his sister. Right, right. And of course, this head bank robber is kind of exploiting that, right? But I felt like that guy was engaging, very charismatic to watch. Like, I enjoyed that character quite a bit. Yeah. Maybe not as much as our ragtag band from the season premiere. No. But I did like that character a lot. I think most of that is carried by whomever the actor was. Yes. We don't know who he is, what he did why he's doing this like nothing we don't really know anything about this guy at all granted that's not the crux of where the story lies but gotta be something there otherwise he's just mr bad guy yeah he was played by andy bean okay and his name was gans in the episode evidently evidently internet movie database (laughs) i don't think they actually called any of these characters by name to be honest. Yeah, I mean, except for the brother, Sean, over and over right. again. And, but the leap, largely pedestrian. The question we had last week about the writer's room. It's the same writer's room. Yeah, yes. It's definitely, definitely the same writer's room. Yeah, they stumbled into something last week that was special, but yeah, it's definitely the same writer's room. <laughs> I don't know, I almost feel hoodwinked from <laughs> from <laughs> like last a bait week. and switch it was it's really bizarre for as much as the last episode felt like a soft reboot this was like a complete reset back in the other direction yeah let's step away from the leap for a second because there's a 2023 storyline that there's a, there's a lot of go, 2023 right? this week so I, I was expecting a lot of 2023 this week right i thought we'd open that way I thought we might get an episode that didn't feature a leap at all. That's what I was thinking this episode might end up being, where it was just covering what happened over the course of three years with these people. Yeah, it definitely could have and probably should have done that. That would have been better from a show-don't-tell perspective, because there's a lot of telling, especially in the first 30 minutes of this episode, 
where we're finding out where everybody went, what's been going on. I know you don't have your notes here, but do you do you recall where everybody ended up after three years? Well, I remember where they all were when this episode opened. And this episode opens at a poker game where the players are left slightly mysterious for just a moment. And then we find out that Jen is running the table. I like, can't she's... tell you how much I hated that scene. <laughs> no, I know you did. And then Ian just comes in through the door. Right. Like, it's like, just... Yeah. Like... <laughs> The one thing I liked about that scene is that when Ian comes in the door, turtle time. Yeah, that's... We know from season one that that's her code, right? Yeah, this means business. Things have gone tits up. Right. We need you back at the office, you know? And that's fine, but my first thought was like, okay, who let them in? You know? Right. Like, is this, <laughs> is this like some seedy back alley game, or is it like... The high roller at the Bellagio? Either way, or wh- either way, how did Ian get in? Yeah, why did the... And uh, <laughs> and then somehow they both just know how to show up and find magic where he's... At a jewelry store? At a jewelry store? Buying jewelry for an anniversary for somebody that I we guess, don't know? Yes. Like, yeah. It's like... What that says is like, okay, so we learned that Magic is no longer in the military. Yeah, we did. He's no longer in the service of the U.S. government. And since we don't know anything else about Magic as a character at all, they're like, hmm, a jewelry store? Maybe he's (laughs) he's got a wife, I guess. And like, it's some kind of anniversary. I'll tell you what I've got here. As far as these notes are concerned and where people are when they come back, mm-hmm. the Jen thing, I hated seeing her at the poker table being a badass. Yes. That idea, it's like the first bad idea that's kind of the placeholder. Right. That you later <laughs> yeah. go, nah. You I'll know? make this better eventually. Yeah, like I'll make this better. She's at a poker game Dan, she's good at cards or something like you and... just got to get the dialogue you need a scenario that presents you the opportunity ian has to communicate with her yeah there has to be a dialogue exchange and she has to leave with him it, it could be anything <laughs> yeah i it's why <laughs> and of course addison she's now training new recruits as an infantry soldier right right and yes we open on Addison firing guns and like you already know it's a training scenario right the second it starts yeah Yeah. like they try to kind of hide the idea that oh maybe she's in combat you know where all of this is going and they did the most obvious thing you could do with every one of those characters not one damn interesting thing about any of them. It's all exactly what you would put down in draft one. It's like they're writing something that they've seen before. Yes. Yeah. So like my feeling was the ending of the season premiere hits really, really hard. Like it's been three years. Everything's changed. Boom. Ben's gone. Right. It could be anything. You could do anything. I could not wait. I could not wait to get back for that. By the time we get to the quote-unquote tease at the end of this episode, 
I kind of don't care. I absolutely right? don't care. I was like, so what? Yeah. <laughs> and maybe it's partly this episode burns a lot of goodwill, but the tease at the end of this episode. So Ian has said when they shut down the project a year prior. Mm-hmm. So it's like 2024 now for them. They shut down the project a year ago and Ian kept one computer on to just keep scanning. Right. And eventually it found Ben. So much for the Lee Post theory. Right. Yeah. But the tease is that Ian hasn't been entirely forthcoming about how they found Ben. Right. And Jen knows it. Yeah. And Ian says, I'm going to keep it a secret. And Jen says, things around here don't stay secret. Do we care? They found Ben. Like, what What? What could they have done? <laughs> you know? I figured we'd get there. But yeah, the, at the end of the day, you're back to a mystery box. You've got your setup to your series-long, season-long story. And the first little breadcrumb is maybe I wasn't entirely forthcoming with how I found Ben. Like, I'm assuming it's some kind of criminal activity or, you know, but... But who cares? Well, okay, so I here's here's a thought. Here's a thought I had. What if Ian met Leaper Ben? Like Ben leaped into somebody in the future. Later in this season, Ben will leap into a scenario where he meets Ian like two weeks ago. Yeah, okay. Their time. Okay. Right? Yeah. And that's how he comes to realize that Ben is still out there. Now I don't know. Because Ben but, comes uh, to tell them that he's out there. Right. Yeah. I Well, you need to keep that a secret just in case you don't want to feed Ben information about his future, I guess. But That's a secret you keep from Ben, not from everybody else. <laughs> right. I mean, right. so it, exactly. it's Ian has apparently done something that they shouldn't have done. I mean, is anybody coming back for that at the end? Instead of a cue to the next episode? No, that's what we need. We need them to bring that back, like, ASAP. Do you th- I used to think that getting the voiceover at the beginning was the ASAP thing they needed to fix. No, they need to bring back the leap tease at the end of each episode. I, you gotta do yeah, it. Yeah, I wonder if they're gonna do that, you know, once they have fewer dramatic reveals to leave an episode on. Right, it's like they didn't want to show... Ben leaping into the next leap because Ben's first thought is going to be like, holy shit, what just happened? I think that did work pretty effectively this week. The leap in was pretty effective in that Ben was still reeling from the three years later, Ian, what's going, you know, and and he's in the middle of a transaction at the bank. Yeah. I did like that moment. I feel like even sometimes more so than Sam ever was, Ben is thrown into like a moment that is really like the worst possible moment to be thrown in in a lot of his leaps where he's just like what the hell is going on and i don't think he's as good at just picking up on it oh i actually had a note that he's kind of gotten really pretty good at it especially this episode i mean especially (laughs) this episode episode. he he finishes the transaction and then put the next line please sign up and just walks away from the crowd i was like oh that worked you can pretty much close a window at a bank anytime you want 
<laughs> yeah, and then he looks around. He, he looks around the desk. He gets looks the name. Yep, he gets the date. Name he tag. looks at the reflection. Mm-hmm. He gets a lot of info pretty quickly. I just think it's funny. Mid-transaction at a bank is terrible. Like, am I giving you this money? Did you just hand it to me? What am I doing with this money? Right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I actually kind of enjoyed him getting his bearings this go-round. You know, the leap plot, it suffers again because we have to go deal with the 2023 story. But like we've said, it's serviceable. The scenario, it's a little cookie cutter, but it's, you know. It's fine. It's fine. Exactly. It's fine. I think it does take some surprising turns, particularly, again, I alluded to this earlier, when Ian, once again, playing the role of the hologram, and they have to provide... Ben with the combination to the vault. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Jen immediately goes into the system, tries to find out what the combination would have been on the bank vault. She's able to find it out pretty quickly. And I did chuckle at this because when she transmits that information to Ian in the imaging chamber, Ian says, Jen is a genius or something like that. And we're like, yeah, we know Jen is whatever you need her to be. Ian. let's keep on moving. Um, (laughs) But then he's going to unlock the vault. And Ian suddenly vanishes before he completes the code. Right. And leaves Ben there being held at gunpoint (laughs) with no code for the door, right? And three chances to guess the final digit. Yeah, the code will cease to work after three incorrect inputs. Right, the door locks. Great great moment. That was a great moment. And also, great, we find out that Ian vanished because Ian and Magic and Jen are all under arrest. Because they have re-entered and booted up the Quantum Leap facility. And uh, I was like, oh, okay. So maybe they will go on trial. (laughs) (laughs) That was completely telegraphed as well. I also, like the FBI director guy that showed up and was like, how did you even get in here? I was like, yeah, how did you even get in here? Like, isn't this an underground military facility? And you guys are just walking around and there's like nobody. It's like. This is the funny thing. This is the funny thing. Because this is the other Jen moment that I really laughed out loud at was Jen's response is, I I designed designed. the security system. And in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, and somebody already busted through that. So what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) It was obviously easy to get in here. Yeah. Jen, that's the other thing. Same writer's room because they still don't know what they're doing with her. I almost got the sense that they love her this week. You know, like, I think they really like having this character like, oh, she's just everything. You, The writers love her yeah. or the characters love her? Because yeah. we know who the characters love this week. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> of course they do. Another, yeah, go ahead with that. You go ahead. And... So you mentioned Addison's training scenario mm-hmm. from earlier. While she's out there, she is approached by... Tom Westfall, who we've talked about in the last couple episodes, is a new character this season who was shrouded in mystery really until the end of last week when we realized who he must be. <laughs> Before he even showed up on it. Yeah. And surprise, surprise, he turns out to be exactly who you think he is. Yes. And Tom. Exactly how you'd expect him to be. Right. The most I, caring I, and understanding and most you have to I, like this person. <laughs> I am trying to wrap my head around. There is a show, I got at some point, where it it, it it was like a joke on the show, I swear, that like a new character was introduced, and 
treated as though that character was always there or part of the crew, even though it's like, it was like close to everybody and everything. It's like he had clearly been a friend that they made in the off season. Oh, I feel like this is a thing and I cannot remember where I saw it, but Tom Westfall is that character on this show. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. It's all of this. You've seen somewhere before. I promise (laughs) you, you've seen this somewhere before. This character has been done a bunch of times and you yeah. knew in an instant that when they were all surrounded and then those two walked up oh he's gonna have a friend in high places or he's gonna be a super general guy or he's gonna have the drop on these people you know yes. like you knew right. that before it happened you knew that as soon as he walked up to addison at the training facility that they were together Every single aspect of this show is exactly the first idea you would have writing it. The very first idea. Yes. (laughs) All of the ideas that you throw away when you were writing. Your first idea is always your worst idea. You know? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I I believe there was a route to make Tom Addison's new bow in a far more compelling and interesting way than it actually is. Like, Tom is a character who is designed for you to like. Yes. He was constructed in a lab. Right. In fact, Addison will not go in, in the imaging chamber. She doesn't want She doesn't want to face Ben. She doesn't have to fess up that I'm dating a guy and he's so much cooler than you and everybody likes him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how would that make Ben feel? <laughs> So she has this quiet moment with Jen talking about it and talks about how much she loves Tom. And Jen's like, we all love Tom. Yeah. That's <laughs> why that, we all love That scene reminded me of The Room. Oh, hi, Mark. With Tommy Wiseau, because it's it's written almost the exact same way. Wait, is that like the scene with the characters. Jen or the scene with magic? Doesn't, um, the, the, scene one where with... Jen, the scene where Jen literally says, we all love Tom. Magic has a very similar team. I thought it was Magic was the one that said, or no, no, you're right. They both kind of do that. I may have deleted my note accidentally, but I do know that Jen said that. Well, see, the only reason I was like, oh, come on. Yeah. Uh, But it reminded me of the room because (laughs) Tommy Wiseau, of course, writes this script about how everybody's betraying him, but they can't stop talking about how great he is. Like the whole movie. They keep circling back around to what a great guy he is and how much he's doing for you and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> like, you're not wrong. This is like first draft kind of material. It's but, you know, absolutely I bet he, is. I bet if there had been a full episode that was just the course of the last three years filling in the blanks, I guarantee you that Tom is the type of character who would have said, hey, ladies, do you guys watch the Real Housewives? It doesn't matter what happens in life. I do it my way. Do we ever? And like, yeah. Oh, there's that scene. I did have a note about that scene you're talking about, though. And it was one in the positive. I'll give them positive things to say about this episode, too. We're going to get there. (laughs) I got a couple. But with regards to that scene, I don't like that it's Jen because she's Mm -hmm. the chameleon. She's either the badass at the poker table or she's going to be this soft-spoken friend that shoulder to cry on. And so I didn't like that it was her in this scene because she's just this chameleon that is unreal. But I did like what she was getting at 
Addison was having a lot of trouble with everybody being so supportive of her desire to not go in. <laughs> yes. You know, like, I'm really like, tired of this uh, quiet acceptance or however she put it. It's a good line that Jen has about, well, is that because you want us to be pushing you to do it? You know, because you want us to be mad at you about it or do you want yeah. us to? Yeah. yeah like, it was it was a good kind of juxtaposition. But it's probably something that Caitlin Bassett sells <laughs> because Caitlin Bassett sells a lot in this episode. She's up to her old tricks again, being yeah. really pretty remarkable in the material that she's given. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I did copy that line down because I thought it was pretty potent. Yeah, it's um, a good line. It's a good line. But yeah, she's totally killing it in this episode. The scene where she sees Ben on the screen in the imaging chamber. Right. Her facial expressions there. It's like, this is one of those moments where it's like, it's not telling, it's showing. Right. And I, she's amazing. Like, oh my God. Like the, the, the range she shows in just that moment where it's lingering on her face. Right, because you know she's just looking at a piece of cardboard. <laughs> it's a piece of cardboard with the word Ben scrawled on it. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Really, really good. Really good. Yeah, she's really good. And she elevates the material that she's given. Most of the dramatic strokes are so obvious and telegraphed. It really is up to her to make it worthwhile. To and, turn it into something. Yeah. yeah to, to take this contrived plot point and this occasionally rote dialogue. Some occasionally. Of it's a more, <laughs> some of it happens to be a little bit more uh, well thought out, I think. But turn it into something, for sure. I do think that just about every moment she's on screen is compelling. I will even say that the combat scene at the beginning is pretty compelling because she really seems to be in her element but I think that's partly because of who she is as a human being in the real world, right? And, like, her experience in the military coming through here. Right, sure. She clearly knows what she's doing. She would have fit in with Jack Bauer on a season of 24. Sure. Easy. Yeah, sure. But was there any point there where you actually believed that she was in a battle scenario? No, not not a moment. In fact, I didn't even get the full sentence out. Like, it was like is on a combat mish, and then I was like, wait, this isn't a mission. It's a training scenario. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, just typing it in real time before anything had happened. Yeah, no, of course right. not. No, of course. Because it's the very first thing. If you had, at the end of that last season, the first thing that you could think for each of these characters, Jen is off being a disreputable badass at something. Poker being... games are always the best way because it's right? like, <sighs> it's so tired. The person who's the bad guy, but you're also going to end up rooting for, like the Danny Oceans of the world. Yeah. Right? It's always like a poker match. I, and I mean, like, I love a good poker match. Like, The Sting <laughs> is one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. Sure. Sure. But you pitched an entire episode surrounded by surrounded, poker. Surrounded, <laughs> yeah, that was all about rounders. <laughs> Another pretty good poker movie, but like, I don't need it all the time, and I definitely didn't need it for Jen. Like, I almost wish that that opening scene had been like Jen and Magic and Beth and yeah, <laughs> like all of them playing. That's poker a much together. better idea. 
Yeah, that saves a shit ton of time, too, because you don't have to go to the jewelry store. Because then Ian comes in and is like, Morpheus is fighting Neo, and everybody's out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, I mean, already, that's like your second idea. I feel like we would go somewhere else with that. I haven't even gotten to Dinosaur yet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You got to know when to stop after poker but before dinosaur yeah that's where the sweet spot is no i the setting in and of itself i don't think those types of poker rooms even exist anymore like it's (laughs) it's who is this guy hosting this game he's sitting in a bigger chair than everybody else you know and he's close (laughs) up and he's got his big cigar and it's like so it must be like a disreputable game but there's nothing else kind of going on it's just this big empty room really how disreputable could it be because there would have been a gunfight or something right like like she wouldn't have been allowed to leave the table like that yeah but but yeah it's just so awful it's 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 so awful it was uncalled for what i would say (laughs) i would say show this was uncalled for basically everything they did with 2023 is there is very little did you did you happen to save any of your notes about things that you liked? Uh, well, I do remember the the moment between Ben and Addison at the end. I really liked it. Sure, it's Raymond Lee, it's Caitlin Bassett, and they are just acting the hell out of that moment because I think they both know that this is the emotional core of this episode, right? Like everything hinges on these two seeing each other again, right? And before. Addison says, yes, I'll go into the imaging chamber. She makes a comment that she's not going to have to tell Ben. Mm -hmm. He's going to know when he sees her. Right. And she goes in, he sees her, and the expression on his face as he slowly realizes, you know, is just wonderful. It's, It's a lot like what we saw from Addison the first time she sees Ben on the screen. It's just this sort of swirl of happiness and relief and heartache and and just everything coming together and raymond lee he becomes visibly crushed yeah (laughs) he's like oh oh you know it's just he just slowly realizes it and it's just a real heart-wrenching moment the two of them just that was great that was like fire for me like i thought that was a wonderful moment not one that i wanted to have (laughs) (laughs) that's fair enough (laughs) <laughs> but if you're gonna have it and you're gonna write to it they sure as hell delivered on it that's the way yes. i would say it i like if this is what we're doing if this is what we're doing this was the best possible way you could have done this moment <laughs> now what lies ahead i don't know you know if, if i was ben i'd just start boning chicks on every leap he's gotta have some rebounds he's he... <laughs> I mean, I think that they have to go somewhere with that. I mean, they went a whole. Oh my god! Season I got it. With it. Okay. I got it. The season finale. <laughs> well, how many leaps are in this season? We got uh, maybe nine. Okay. We find out Ian's secret. How he found out everything, right? He's approached by a group of at least seven people. They are all of varying ages. And they all come to him and say, our father was Ben Song. (laughs) And so Ben has sired a bunch of offspring at various moments because he's just banging chicks on every leap. And then they all come to Ian and say, our father is still out there. And then Ian goes back and finds that Ben is out there. And you know what the title of this episode is? You tell me. Children of Ben. 
<laughs> Your move, writer's room. Well, you know, if we're talking about things that we like, the title of this episode is their best writing. <laughs> Ben and Teller, yeah. The episode title is Ben and Teller. I mean, we went over this a couple episodes ago where we were talking about our own ideas and how, like, we're really fans of the punny, dad-jokey kind of titles. Right, we're going to come up with one every week, and the writers did it for us this week. I couldn't have done it better. I couldn't do it better. I couldn't come up with a better one than this. Well, (laughs) I tried, but it didn't didn't work. I came up with the robbery Ian progress. Like, it's one of those things you can barely listen to somebody say. Can you imagine what it would look like on the screen? <laughs> robbery in progress. Robbery in progress. <laughs> I mean. When I saw the title, you know, the title comes up. I thought for a second that maybe he was actually going to leap into Pendulette. Oh, man. That would have been awesome. I think the show, on that note, needs to get to an episode soon. Where there is some kind of historical intersection. I feel like we need something like that. I don't mean like... Did they do it at all in season one? Yeah, the earthquake. I'm thinking like okay, the, uh, well, the earthquake yeah. episode, right? Oh, I thought you meant like you needed to be one of these brush with history style. No, not oh, like okay. a person necessarily, but an event. They did it a few times in the first season with the uh, Princess Di and Prince Charles wedding. Wait, the what? earthquake in San Francisco. Remember the, the Princess Die wedding that was the backdrop of the Bounty Hunter episode in season one. Oh, that's right. I thought you were... <laughs> I thought, no, that was a... No, I'm not talking about the leap, the fan the, film. The leap to die for. <laughs> no, no. Oh, <laughs> Go God. back and listen to, oh boy, episode number whatever that was. The fan film A leap episode. to die for. No, no, no. Okay, yeah. So they did... Yeah. I think we need something like that soon. Just a historical event that provides a bookend or a framework. Why do you feel like that's necessary? Last week was great. And this week was serviceable. But I want to feel like this is a time travel show and not just a scenario travel show. Oh. I guess that's my thing right now. Nothing about what we're seeing, especially this week being more or less a bottle episode. Yeah. Is screaming like particular date and time to me. Right. Sure. Okay. I mean, even last week's was kind of a bottle episode, even though it took place in like a a grassland for like (laughs) the whole episode. You know, it's like they're out, but there's nothing else around them. I just want a little tinge of historical context. I don't need a lot. Okay. I suppose that's true. What I'm saying is we need to get to the episode where he leaps into the Salem witch trials ASAP. (laughs) It's coming. You know it's coming. It is coming. It's an actual thing. Yeah, I think I saw that in the promos. There's a shot in the teaser, the saga cell at the beginning, where I think he's being put into stocks. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That's from that episode, I think. Do you think we'll get Deborah Pratt back next episode, or do you think she's gone now? Man, I really hope we do. I wonder if they went with the Caitlin Bassett thing for this episode, because they had to kind of recap in order to sell maybe. their story. Well, I was thinking the opposite of that. I thought maybe they went for the Deborah Pratt last episode because everything was in flux and it, they wanted you to be like, what the hell's going on? Where is everybody? Hmm. You know? Yeah, that's probably so more likely. I think 
Addison is clearly going to continue filling in as the hologram. Which was a moment of some conjecture in this episode. She's kind of wrestling with the idea, do I want to come back and face Ben every day? And she comes to the realization that if something were to happen to Ben and she wasn't there, she'd never be able to forgive herself. Right. Right. Yeah. And like, I get that. And you know who else gets that? Tom. He gets it. Tom gets everything. He understands. Tom is like, he's like, hey, you know what? We might have some crazy days at work, but But hey, hey, I believe in what we've got. I believe in us and I trust you. With Nate. your fiance, <laughs> whom you thought uh, died, like how long? How long have you been married? <laughs> uh, <laughs> do I have to admit? Uh, let's see. Uh, September was thirteen years. Okay, is what I'll say. <laughs> I'm at uh, this upcoming Monday is twelve years. Congratulations! Yeah. Thanks, you too. I feel pretty confident saying that even after 11, 12 years of marriage, I don't think I would be like that. <laughs> I I mean, it's a, it's kind of an unbelievable scenario to try and put yourself in, but... Just such a nice guy. Be <laughs> any reasonable person at least have some manner of conversation about this. You know, like, if you're going to be in this scenario every day, you're not going to be sure of what you want and i can understand that but it means i'm going to step back for a little while and let you right. figure out what you're going to do not our relationship is so strong that i believe that you can go risk life and death scenarios with your once dead husband let's, right let's get real you know totally get her like she makes total sense i can't bear the thought of him dying again when I could be the one to do something about it. It makes total sense, and it sums up, I guess, what is going to be their relationship going forward pretty succinctly, right? Like, these two have a deep connection, whether that connection is romantic love or not. But, yeah, Tom is... The initial character description that you encountered suggested that there was something that wasn't on the up-and-up about this guy. Uh, Right? No, I think we kind of surmised that because he was going to be the head of Quantum Leap. And since we already had, oh, do we, do we just assume I think we, that, oh, he's yeah. going to be a dirtbag? Yeah, he's, he's going like to be the, the bad guy. guy. Well, yeah, he's still an yeah. antagonist. I mean, it's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right? He's a St- stupid, sexy Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's going to be the greatest person in the world. In fact, he's going to use all of his power to make sure that Quantum Leap is up and running again. But in order to do it, I had to be in charge. Um, So I sacrificed most of my career to go ahead and pull this thing back out of mothballs for all of you. You know? Because I'm a good guy. Because I'm a good guy, damn it. She's going to have so much trouble choosing when, like... I want every episode to have a throwaway moment in it. Jen comes walking in and she's eating a bagel and she's like, guys, did you see Tom brought Panera this morning? (laughs) (laughs) Like stuff like that, where it's just like, he didn't have to do that. God love Tom. He's, he's a great guy. Yep. Uh, yeah. The people, people named Tom on quantum leap tend to be real great guys, you know?
trying to find some of the things here that I that I actually did enjoy about this episode. One of the things that I did like was kind of the glitchiness of the imaging chamber, as you mentioned earlier. Uh huh. Yep. I liked seeing Ian as a hologram. Felt like they were a good choice for the hologram to begin with. Mm hmm. But not that I don't have a lot of faith in our writers on this show, but they've positioned Ian to be such a buffoon in the role of the hologram that it's just like, you know, nobody can do this like Addison. Gotta have Addison. He'll be completely lost without her. And, and when know? we say buffoon, we mean like they materialize in like a table. <laughs> yeah. And Ben's like, you need to move this way a little. And I'm like, no. Do they though? I mean, Ian doesn't really need to move that way at all. Ian's a hologram. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Fine. When Al was but in was the middle like of a this... table, he just kind of strolled through it. You know, like who cares? It's just a hologram to them. So, <laughs> so what can we do to show that Ian is out of their depth? Yes, exactly, exactly. And it comes down to things that are just like, oh, right, you can't, I, you can't talk to me right now. You know this. So I liked seeing Ian as the hologram. I didn't like the way that they treated them as the hologram. Right. I got to tell you, though, you know, we talked about everybody in 2023 or 2024, whatever year it is there now. I guess it's got to be like 2026 Probably. now because three years have passed, right? Yeah, okay. So if it's 2026, and I don't know much about what happened to Ian in that time. Other than being very obsessed with finding Ben. Which is exactly what like, you'd expect for them. But it seems like the last year has been particularly difficult. And I would like to know what happened to Ian's wardrobe <laughs> and self-care. <laughs> and like, why were they wet the whole time? <laughs> so it's just like they were yeah, wet the entire Ian episode? Ian perpetually looks like they just came out of the shower. Yeah. <laughs> it was really weird. It's, it's a weird look. Hopefully now that the project's back up and running, come back looking... <laughs> put together a little bit more next week yeah that wasn't bothersome necessarily in fact of all the characters ian seems like the one that's most naturally in a place that you would expect is enough of a character that it demanded that they be playing the role that they're playing in this episode all right so i talked a lot during the first season and even last week about the time frame in which season one was produced and how many episodes were written and then that got expanded and that got expanded. And I think the writer's room had to keep adapting to the number of episodes they had to play with. Sure. Do you think the opposite was true this season? Like everybody started writing frenetically because they knew the strike was going to happen and everybody was just hammering no. shit out as quickly as possible. God, I don't, you know, in, in postscript, I guess if we find that out, it would explain some things, but I really don't believe that. You gave us, what, 18 episodes, an entire season of television that peaked at one episode. Peaks and valleys, and really just one, maybe two that you could really say were really, really good. Yeah. And then yeah. great moments throughout other episodes, but... The difficulty I'm having is that this episode slides so easily into season one. Ep it's like, yes, just yeah. like all the other ones. And you're like, well, same writer's room. Definitely same writer's room. I have a feeling that when Martin Jero is running his writer's room to work out their season long arc as a group, and then they say, Okay, each of you go get a leap idea, 
and be sure that you need to allow for this much screen time of this other story. And then we'll fit whatever part we need to fit into this episode. A lot of the things that we find most interesting are whatever scenario Ben has been placed in. So the individual writer who has time to themselves to come up with their own idea and craft a little short vignette of a story, and those things start to get interesting. But as a writer's room, <laughs> you know, let's shoehorn some of this content into your episode. You yeah, I-, I can see that. This little scenario with the brother and the sister, there's drama to be played with there. The characters were at least written interestingly, even if they weren't given enough time to really flesh out. As they're walking in, it's like, oh, there's my brother. He's here to ask for money because we have an estranged relationship. (laughs) Ben has a pretty great response to that when they initiate the holdup. Looks like he's here for all the money. Yeah. (laughs) There is one other thing that I think we really need to hit on. First, I'll say, as far as this particular leap is concerned... None of the actions lead in the wrong direction. Right. You know, usually in these types yeah. of hostage scenarios, we try this and it fails. Then we try that and it fails. There's only one moment where I think that kind of happens. And that's when Ben is initially trying to get the robbers to leave and he gives them a route down the highway. to. Get, that's to, true. Right. He's, he's saying, you go now, you'll avoid the cops. Everything's fine. But the leader of the group is really, really focused on breaking into the vault. That was the whole purpose. Right. And so right. that window no, you shuts got me there. very That's quickly. That's true. That's you know, true. Tell, don't show. I think the most egregious moment of that in this episode, Ben was asking Rebecca, there's got to be another way out of this place, right? And Rebecca's like, you might be thinking of when they added the expansion on and then that wall in the back behind the conference room wasn't complete and they just drywalled over it and you could probably break through it pretty easily you know like just goes through this whole like spiel about it and i was like ah okay (laughs) yeah that's rough man this is this is rough but one more topic of conversation okay and i don't know if you even really thought about this but i don't know if i did either at this point i don't know where my notes well you check your notes check your notes and see i don't have them i don't know he's a 70 year old woman or is ah, he? Right. Yeah. So he's... Clearly rocking the physique of Dr. Ben Song. Exactly. So there's the scene that you're discussing where they have to cut through the drywall with a box cutter. And the sister Rebecca says, let me do this for you since, you know, you're a grandma. And he has to make up some joke about how he does Pilates. Yes. So that he can... But everything from the first season led us to believe that he should be as frail as that 70-year-old woman. Right. So, like, whose body is it? It's whoever's body it needs to be. It's completely contradictory to what we've been told, right? Correct. So, like, what the fuck? (laughs) You gotta pick a lane, guys. (laughs) Uh. I don't know. Either there is a waiting room or there is not. That's what this is a result of. Yeah. Another situation that the waiting room resolves. They were talking in season one that the waiting room added a layer that was maybe too complicated for the show. One of the writers had mentioned that. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, this is the reason it's not complicated. (laughs) Like, it's there to avoid complications like this one. Not to mention it would give your cast something to do. People are probably tired of us talking about all that. But to be honest, just another example again this week. I personally prefer that 
a 70 year old woman can kick open this drywall, you know, <laughs> because right, right. The, I liked that stuff. There's so much more fun to be had knowing that, oh, you don't know who you're talking to. You yeah. know, kamikaze kid when he's like that nerdy right. kid with the glasses and the braces and the guy tries Doesn't to Doesn't he give somebody him, a good old Sam Beckett roundhouse in that one? Uh, right? It's a punch to the face in that one. Oh, all right. But yeah, you get what I'm saying, though. He's bullying this kid that he sees, but it's Sam, who's a grown ass man. <laughs> just <laughs> just drop his yeah, ass. You yeah, you know, and like there's that is so much more fun than the constraints of being in a character. You know what I mean? Right. You can't do that, Ben, because like if you're going to go that route, what if he really did feel like a 70 year old woman and it came to that? Like right to that then. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like right to that. Maybe he really does need to sit down. <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah. Didn't they also throw some techno babble at us this week? Something about the gravitational forces that allowed. Oh, di- I don't know. To I, I, find him. Maybe. There might have been. There was some in there, too. It made not a whole lot of sense, but uh, I didn't I didn't take I any notes I hope they slack off that, too. It, like, just stop talking about all that that stuff. Well, the, I mean, unknown force, right? That's the only thing it's got going for it right now, is that clearly they don't know why he's leaping around. At least yep. we can say that, right? They don't know why he's leaping. Do you hope that they dwell on that, or do you want them to just leave it at that and not mention it That's what they should be working on. Like, (laughs) I don't give a shit why you found him or how you found him. That's what Team Quantum Leap was working on on the daily basis, trying to figure out the retrieval program and how to bring him home. By him, I mean Sam. Right. Remember that episode? It's real early on where he has to get two hired goons to go drive to New Jersey and plug him (laughs) And plug a hairdryer <laughs> yeah, in. Oh, my God. It's at, in the mob episode. It's like the Godfather yeah, episode, Yeah, the Godfather right? episode. Ziggy needed the electrical grid to be at exactly this overload. And he had to get two guys to drive a, a 40-watt <laughs> hairdryer out to New Jersey and plug it in at this address so that so the... So it would kill the grid. And yeah, then the, so the best grid Ziggy could do with the retrieval program was leap him into the adjacent guy next to it. Yeah, right. It didn't <laughs> didn't work. But that yeah. was what they That's were working great. on. All yeah. of their efforts were to try and get Sam back. I'm not saying that's all you have to be doing with the characters in this series. We'd prefer to see what they can do to help him with his leaps, which we got a little bit of uh, with Jen and her workings in the dark web yeah yeah it's like where does all this leave magic is he gonna re-enlist or is he just gonna be grandpa sitting in the chair yeah that's the character i'm most wondering about now what purpose does magic serve here at this point yeah you know it did occur to me though that guy talking about retirement (laughs) trying to find some jewelry for his soulmate that's a guy that's going to get gunned down in the next scene. You know what I mean? <laughs> in another like I just show. bought a boat. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, right. Yep. I don't know. I mean, it really did just smack of like, really, all we know about Magic is that he's a military guy. Like, that's it. We knew he was military and that Sam had leaped into him in the past. And now when yeah. he's not military and they're like, what is Magic doing his free time? 
jewelry store? <laughs> You're going with jewelry store. <laughs> like, yeah. Anything else. Anything else. Actually, have magic at the poker game and have Jen picking out jewelry. <laughs> I think I would leave a poker game out of it altogether. There's very few scenarios where a poker game is warranted. Because that's because it's so played for all of the yes. reasons that you mentioned earlier. So no hint to next week. Not sure where he's sleeping. Just any thoughts on? I got nothing. All I know is that <laughs> from the previews we've seen, there are episodes out there that involve pyramids, Salem witch trials, and possibly aliens. Uh huh. So. One of those three things, I guess, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I've got your Wikipedia up here. The next episode's title is Closure Encounters. Oh, man. All right. So we can already be working on it. It must be the Salem Witch Trials one then, right? Just Mm. kidding. Uh, Mm. (laughs) We can already start working on a better title than that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Closure Encounters. That makes me picture that it's also going to be about Ben and Addison coming to terms with their current situation and... You know, needing, soldiering on. Needing closure. Yeah. Uh. Probably. Probably. Hey, well, you know what I say? I say let's get this behind us and just look towards the future. Okay. Establish a status quo. If it takes three weeks to get there, God love you, show. Just get there, and then we'll march on from that point. So what's your overall grade for this episode? Uh, I think I... I agree with you. It's it's kind of a middle of the road episode. There's things I like about it. There's things I don't like about it. And there's a couple things I really, really like about it. But I think overall it ends up yeah. probably like a C plus for me. I feel like it's fine, but I hate it so much because of the disappointment that it is. Like oh, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like it's it's fine, but it's such a disappointment from where we left off last week. It's tough going from like an A plus to like a C plus for me. Like it's like that's a substantial drop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a drop off, but also the last one opened the questions of what are we doing this year? This one answered all of those questions in all the worst possible ways. Yes. So it's like, this is just dreadful. It's serviceable as an episode, but none of it went anywhere that I wanted it to go. So Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Good. Well, hopefully next week we'll uh, right the ship a little bit. We'll know the second it starts. Are we going to hear Deborah Pratt's voice? <laughs> I hope we hear Deborah Pratt's voice. What's the over-under on that? I feel like Ziggy's saying there's a 10% chance that we're going to hear Deborah Pratt's voice next week. All right, week. I'll take the over on that. Or, I'm going to think, think positive. All right. I'm going to take the over on that. Folks, thanks for listening once again. We uh, would love it if you keep doing it. Remember, you can find new episodes of this show every Monday. Every Monday following a new episode of Quantum Leap. There you go. Yeah. Um, Wherever you get your podcasts. Except for, uh, I understand Google Podcasts is shuttering at the end of the month, so don't expect to find it there too much longer. But, you know, your other podcast avenues, you can uh, find I did not know that. Yeah, I got an email about it because I use it all the time. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to be finding this show anymore. But Maybe the podcast bubble is bursting. 
Oh, maybe so. Maybe we're the ones who did it. <laughs> you can also find us, of course, on the Paprika feed, uh, where you can find other exciting shows and uh, drafts and, and things of that nature. Look for us on social media if you dare. Uh, I am on Blue Sky. Uh, I'm on Threads. I'm on that other one. Uh, what was it called? Elephant. I, what was the other one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The one that didn't take off. Yeah. yeah. Whatever you do, don't get on X, guys. It's a. You remember that season one finale when we saw the irradiated future that Ian was living in? Yeah. That's what X is at this point, guys. It's the nuclear winter of social media. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, I'm Brian. And I'm Nate. And we'll be here in the waiting room.